All right, turn, if you have your Bible, turn to Philippians chapter 2. I do want to talk about the Holy Spirit. We've been in a series about the Holy Spirit and talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's so necessary. I was, uh, just happened to, it came up on my feed on YouTube. Does anybody remember Catherine Kuhlman? Anybody remember her years ago? I had a feed that popped up, and it was like a 10-minute feed, and she was talking about the Holy Spirit, and oh, the way she talked about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit was so real to her, and I saw the humility on her that she was like so dependent on the Holy Spirit. She said, I can't do anything without the Holy Spirit. And, you know, she was a very famous evangelist and uh, she had a healing ministry. And she saw many mighty miracles, but it just struck me. And in fact, um, she talked about the preciousness of the Holy Spirit and the necessity of the Holy Spirit. And we've been talking about that. A lot of times we get focused on the gifts of the Spirit, which we want to, we believe in the gifts of the Spirit, and we want to operate in the gifts. I think next week is the week I want to lay hands on the folks in the congregation that are hungry and uh, just impart spiritual gifts by the power of the Holy Spirit to activate you to operate in the gifts that God's called you to operate in. This morning... We had some prophecy and some anointed reading. I felt like there were more. Did anybody else have something maybe they were holding back? Any, anybody? Not right now. We're not going to do it right now. I just want to know if anybody was holding back, felt like they had something from the Lord. Anybody else? So I, just, I could feel that it was in, in the house. You can just feel the presence of the Holy Spirit when he wants to operate in everything that Jesus did for us, as it comes to us, it's the Holy Spirit that brings it. How many know that? He is the gift of healing. He's bringing the healing that Jesus paid for to us. You know, he is the spirit of prophecy, is the testimony of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is the power of God. He comes as the power of God to enforce the covenant. When you preach the word, it's the Holy Spirit, and we are dependent on the Holy Spirit. When I go out and do stuff during the week, I'm always dependent on the Lord. I know if I go out and I operate just in Brad, it's very futile. There's not much to it, but if I can be partnering with the Holy Spirit, talk to people in the Spirit, preach in the Spirit, I know it will be so much more effective. I've known several preachers um, just recently that I've heard, I heard another one talking about this, even read a book, but talking about his relationship with the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit would teach him and how the Holy Spirit, would, he would get in his prayer closet and the Holy Spirit would open the word up to him and he'd go out and minister and it was the presence of the Spirit. And as I was thinking about this this morning, I thought about the humility of Jesus you know, it's not recorded, and I've said this before, but it's not recorded that Jesus did any miracles until He received the baptism in the Holy Spirit or the filling of the Holy Spirit. How many of you know that? You say, I know that. It's not recorded that He did any miracles whatsoever, whether He did or didn't. Uh, I don't know, but it's not recorded. It wasn't until the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus that he started doing miracles. You started seeing uh, healing. 
The power of God was on him. He was anointed to preach the gospel, to heal the brokenhearted. All these things came through the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's not a different Holy Spirit if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, if you're a Spirit-filled or indwelt Christian, it's the same Holy Spirit that dwells in you. And if you're going to do anything for God that's lasting or permanent or worthwhile, it will be through the agency or the operation of the Holy Spirit in you. In fact, what, you know, in your giving, we should give, uh, Paul says we should give in love. We give with simplicity. Whether we're giving or speaking, Peter said everything we do, we should be doing it as if it was the oracles of God or as if it's gifted by God. All of our gifts are from God. So everything we do, we should be doing it in the Spirit. No man lives to himself or no man dies to himself. Everything we have is from the Lord. And if we can understand that and learn to live in the light of it and really rely on the Lord, and as He begins to fill us with His Spirit, we will be empowered to do what God has called us to do. Someone say amen. amen. And we'll be able to overcome the devil. Because it won't be you meeting the devil at the door. It'll be the Holy Spirit meeting the devil at the door when he comes a knocking. But there's something singular about Jesus, and I don't know if I'm going to read it in, in Matthew 3, but I just was thinking about the humility of Jesus. and What made him a, a candidate to be filled with the Holy Spirit? I know he's the Son of God. I know he's divine from eternity past. I know that we believe in the divinity of Christ. But there is something about Jesus that draws, that draws the anointing. There's something about Jesus that the Holy Spirit would anoint him with power. There's something about his mindset and his disposition. Like I said, Jesus hadn't done anything. He hadn't done any mighty works. And he comes up to the water. And just like every other sinner, Jesus comes to the water. And, and of course, he wasn't a sinner. Okay, but he was with the sinners. He was numbered with them. He was lined up with them. And he accepts this baptism of repentance by identifying with us. Not that he needed to be baptized, but by identifying with lost humanity. And he just humbles himself. And like one of us, he gets baptized. That's very humble. Because this baptism that Jesus got baptized in was the baptism of repentance. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. Had Jesus ever sinned? Never. But he's humbling himself. At every step of the way, as Jesus is walking in life, he's humbling himself. And I, I got to share this because this is what the Lord was showing me just recently. I've had some encounters and things happen in my life, and God is showing me the necessity of humility. Over and over again, I, I, I see people and their lives in tragically and disasters. And because I'm a pastor and because I run in certain circles in, in life, I see people that lives end in tragedy or unfulfilled lives. You know anybody that doesn't listen? You talk and talk and talk to people and they don't listen. It's even true with God's church, the children of Israel. God sent prophets to them. 
He sent, you know, priests to him. He sent people to him, leaders and deliverers. And over and over again, God was sending the answer. He was sending wise men to him. He was giving them wisdom. But over and over and over again, they rejected his message. And sometimes even in the church, it, it can be that way. God sends people and preaches and gives the answer to you, uh, t telling you your problem or the word of God. And over and over again, uh, People sometimes just have a hard time listening or hearing what God is trying to say to them or they're ignoring the message of God. And I just see so much here recently, the necessity of humility. It is a shame that people's lives have to be broken down to the lowest common denominator. Some people's lives, they have to be broken before they listen to God. We just saw Thursday night, that movie about the Duck Commander, about uh, Phil Robertson, and how tragic his life was, and how low he had to go in sin. He had a beautiful wife, he had a beautiful family, and yet tragically, he was out living in sin, and drinking, and partying, and cheating on his wife, and carrying on. It was an ugly picture, and it's a tragedy that we have to get to the very depth sometime before we look up in humility and say, hey, I need some help here. I need a little bit of help. And of course he did, and it's a wonderful story. He gave his life to Jesus. God changed his whole life around. When he humbled, he finally had to humble himself. The Word of God says if we humble ourselves, we'll be exalted. And even in the church and even in our lives as Christians, so many times God over and He's trying to talk to us. He's trying to give us the answer. And it's like sometimes we have our ears clogged up to what the Lord is trying to say. And there's such a necessity of humility. I just had a friend recently, someone I've known for a long time, and they're starting to make steps toward the Lord. And uh, they had, you know, this, this, this person, they're the type of person that, you ever known anybody that has to know everything or be the best at everything? There's that type of person. And I've been studying the Bible now in depth, hours every day, often hours every day for over 40 years. And I know a little bit. There's a lot I don't know. And I'm still digging in. I keep myself humble, but I've been in it for a long time. And uh, this person, right away as they're starting to study the Bible, I notice immediately they're an expert in the Bible an expert. And of course, I'm wrong about this and that. And maybe I am, maybe I'm not. But immediately, um, you know, what we, when we accept Christ, a lot of times we don't immediately change. The person that we were, we're born again, but there's still mind renewal. There's still change that needs to come. But all of a sudden, we have an instant expert. And I have to stay very humble when I'm talking to them. And I do. I have to stay very humble because we have birthed an inst instant uh, theologian. And it made me think about the Sadducees and the scribes and the Pharisees. Jesus was warning about them in Matthew 23, and he said, they are experts in the law. They knew the Bible from beginning to end. Many of them had the scriptures memorized. They knew the Bible. But here you have the Son of God walking among them, He's doing miracles, he's raising the dead, he's fulfilling the prophecies of Isaiah uh, to a T. He's in tune with God, he's a man of great love, great compassion, and great mercy. He has a following, and yet these experts in the law were constantly bickering with the Son of God. Isn't that something? They knew more 
than Jesus knew. They knew more than God knew, and yet they were experts. And what I've been realizing more and more, even in my own life, the kingdom of God does not come to experts. How many knew that? The kingdom of God comes to children. Since you've got to become like a child to enter into the kingdom of God. You have to unlearn some things that you think you know. There's some pride that you've got to let go of. There's some self-reliance that I have to let go of. We even need the spirit of wisdom and revelation to teach us the Word of God. We do. We need the Holy Spirit and the spirit of wisdom and revelation to give us understanding in the Word, or we could have Jesus standing right before us, and we wouldn't even recognize Him. Isn't that something? It wasn't to the wise and the prudent that the Lord revealed Himself, but He revealed Himself to babes and sucklings. He revealed Himself to the humble. And I'm submitting to you today, if we as a people, if we as Christians learn to humble ourselves before the Lord, first of all, before the Lord, He will pour out His wisdom on us, and whatever He is calling you to do, whatever you need to do, if you're humble, He will give you the power and the ability to do what He's called you to do. But when we exalt ourselves, God has to humble us. Someone say amen. The haughty are birthed or made for destruction, and God doesn't want us destroyed, so He will continually allow us to be humbled because He doesn't want us to be destroyed. But if we'll humble ourselves and say, Lord, I am dependent on You, which means I'm dependent on the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I don't know everything. Sometimes as a student of the Bible, we have to be very careful that we think it all runs through us. We think we know, it's called being a know-it-all. That everything runs through us and we know it all. And that's just not true. When you can't listen and learn, you may be right about many things, but when you can't listen to somebody else, you need to humble yourself. When you can't sit down and talk with somebody else and hear, I heard, um, and I don't know what you think about Benny Hinn, but I heard him recently talk about, I was so amazed, I didn't know this, that when he was at his lowest moment, this is going to surprise you, it surprised me, in his life, and he was going through trials, I think he had trouble in his family and in his marriage at the time, of all people, Charles Stanley flew out to California to visit him. How many of you knew that? Did you know that? And he said when Charles Stanley came out that day, he didn't, wasn't judging him, wasn't preaching to him. He said he just sat there with tears in his eyes and ministered to him. Now, how many knows their beliefs weren't exactly the same, right? And he said Charles Stanley was a man of God. He talked about his great friendship with Jerry Falwell, didn't know that, and, and all these men of God that he had met, and we know, you know, he was talking about the Holy Spirit. He said Billy Graham was filled with the Holy Spirit. He said he couldn't have done what he did without the Holy Spirit. Just amazing. 
the way that he perceived these. Of course, you know, he definitely doesn't mean everybody agreed with him, but they had a humility and a love about each other that they could love one another, listen to one another, sit down at the table. And he said his own people were crucifying him, but he said it was the Baptists that were coming and visiting him and ministering to him. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? That's the Lord. It was remarkable. So I want to read this scripture. I really want to minister, if I can, in prayer at the end. So I'm mindful of my time. But the Lord told me, and Jeff, your scripture was so right in tune with what the Lord... There are some folks right now they're in, they're in, here in the church that are in battles. You're in struggles. You got some heartbreak going on. There's even... Well, I know one that came to my heart today. She's not even here. She's in a struggle but I want to minister. We want to minister. We were asking the Lord to minister to you today. So I want to finish just a little early so we can pray with you. But before that, turn to Philippians chapter 2. Let's look at the real spirit of Jesus. Who wants to know what Jesus looks like? Who believes that Jesus was God in the flesh? Let's find out what God looks like. <clears throat> Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Is there any comfort from His love, any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and one purpose. And that's really what brought me here. I was thinking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and it was like this, this week the Lord was showing me and ministering to me. He said, Brad, there's a purpose for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There's a purpose to be filled with the Holy Spirit. These people were going to be witnesses for me. They were going to go out and preach the gospel with great opposition and even satanic retaliation. And in their own strength, in their own mobility, and in their own power, they could never accomplish the mission. They needed my Holy Spirit so much so I said, hey, you guys need to go wait. I know you're eager to start talking about me, but you guys need to wait so I can pour out my spirit on you and give you power because you're going to come up against some things that you can't handle on your own. You're going to need my anointing and my power because they had one mind and one purpose. That was to share Jesus. They didn't even realize it totally then, but it wasn't just with the Jewish nation, but it was all the nations of the world. One mind and one purpose. Don't be selfish. I'm reading from the NLT this morning. I normally read New King James. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Everybody say that. It's going to sound so good when you say it. You can even say Brother Brad if you want to throw that in there. You can say Brother Brad, don't be selfish. Can someone say that? Someone say it. Thank you. A visitor has to say it to me, Paul. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. I want to hear someone else say that. Thank you. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Because if you take the H out, that means you're really humble. Did you know that? Be humble. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourself. This thing right here, I've preached on this many times. Oh, the impossibility for a human being to think that someone's better than they are. 
And, and I don't mean in a self-condemning way, like, oh, I'm no good, I'm just rotten, I'm no good. And No, I don't mean like that. I mean genuinely in humility, at least acknowledging and recognizing that I don't have all the gifts, I don't have all the answers, I don't have everything, that it's very possible that Sam has something that I need. And I'm going to be humble and consider him at least as good as I am because I need what Sam has. Gain a little weight. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. <laughs> that was unnecessary, wasn't it, Sam? <laughs> Is it kind? Is it true? Is it necessary? Okay. <laughs> Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. The impossibility of thinking as others as better than yourself. And this person, just, it just reminded me just like a whirlwind, just how beautiful it is when you really meet somebody that treats you like you really might be as good as I am. You really might know something that I don't know. I was uh, been around a lot of evangelists, and, and what the Lord has shown me sometimes, even about myself and something I have to watch out for, a sin or a weakness in me, when you think you have something, that someone else doesn't have, it's very natural to talk down to other people. How many like to be talked down to? How many like that? You enjoy that when someone talks down to you, right? And the Lord was warning me about that. We have to be careful. It's easy for preachers to do that. And the assumption was made on a, a preacher uh, talking to a bunch of evangelists. It was almost like the assumption was made that nobody else was doing anything, right? And here you're in a room with a lot of people that are doing a lot of good things. God loves us all. Charlie, God loves us all. He's working in all of our lives. And the, the temptation when we get busy for the Lord is to think that we're the only ones. Do you know that Elijah had that syndrome? He said, Lord, I'm the only one that's left. God, I'm out here. I have been very, very zealous for you. I have preached your word. I've been persecuted. I'm tired. I just want to lay down and die. And I am the only one that's left. It's the Elijah syndrome. And God said, no. I've got 7,000 more people out there, Elijah, that have not bowed their knee to the image of Baal. You're not the only one. Someone say, I'm not the only one. You're not. Don't just look out for your own interest, but take an interest in what others do. You must have this attitude. It was the same attitude, and here's what we're getting at. That was in Christ Jesus. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. He didn't hold on to his privileges as God. He let him go. He let go of his privilege. He wasn't clinging on to his... He was God. He didn't cling on to his privileges as God. But he took the position of a humble slave and was born as a human being... When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Therefore, God highly exalted or elevated him to the place of highest honor. Why was Jesus honored? He humbled himself. The way to honor is to humble yourself. The way up in the kingdom is down. The way to be mature is to become a child. The way to become powerful is just become innocent. 
Now flip over. I, don't, I only have time for these two scriptures, and I, I want to pray for folks this morning. My heart was just breaking this morning over here, and I felt like it was the Lord that was breaking for you, and He wants to do something for you this morning. And Talon and Kelsey, can you be ready? I've, I've got to bring this to a close. I just want to make a few points this morning. Turn to John, the Gospel of John, chapter 5 and verse 19. Now, we're talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit, and that, that's what our series is on. So this is almost a precursor to that. Brad, how do I get filled with the Holy Spirit? I, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to show you a sure way to get filled with the Holy Spirit. I, want to I wish I had time to tell you my testimony when the Lord filled me with the Holy Spirit. Chapter 5, verse 19, he says, So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by Himself. Now, I want you to look at that. You got a Bible with you? You need to bring a tangible Bible. He said, the Son can do nothing by Himself. He does only what He sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, that's what the Son does. Now, go down to verse 30. These are just a few of these scriptures that's in the book of John. There's many of them like this. Jesus says in verse 30, I can do nothing on my own. Jesus is deeply reliant on the Holy Spirit. How many of you knew that? Just depending on the Holy Spirit and humility. He's listening. He's looking. And no matter what the cost, he's obeying. That's why the power was on Jesus. He humbled himself, got baptized with the sinners, not a sinner, but with the sinners. At every point in Jesus' life, he humbled himself. He humbled himself to be born in a, as a man, a baby, and then he humbled himself to be born in a manger. And then he lived as just a poor worker boy up in Nazareth rather than in king's palaces. Then he humbled himself and got baptized, identifying with sinners. Then he humbled himself, being rejected at every point by the leaders of his nation. They resisted him the whole way. Then he humbled himself and went to trial as a criminal. He humbled himself. All his followers left him. He was all by himself, and yet he did not leave his father. Didn't leave his mission. He didn't quit. He stuck with the father finished his mission, and he humbled himself and died your death, the death that you deserve to die and go to hell. You do. That's what you deserve. Jesus took that death on the cross, humbled himself, and he took the penalty. And get this, 2 Corinthians 5, 21 says, he even humbled himself more. He became sin. Now, how does that happen? He became what you are. Isn't that amazing? One more level of humility for Jesus. And then he laid there in the grave three days. I, I, I can't even imagine what that looked like. And because he humbled himself, death could not keep him in the ground. And he was highly exalted. And now Jesus is seated at the highest place of authority at the right hand of the throne in heaven, in the highest authority. Isn't that amazing? So I believe, I really believe that 
humility, there must be something powerful and amazing about humility or the necessity of being humble. And I don't mean false humility where, oh, I can't do anything. No, in fact, if you get full of the Holy Spirit, you're going to be quite a tornado. If you get full of the Holy Spirit, you're going to be, they, they were bold, they were filled with joy, they had power, they were raising the dead, they were casting out devils, they were healing the sick, they were resisting temptation, they were loving their enemies, they were powerful people because they were filled with the Holy Spirit. It wasn't their own strength, it wasn't by might nor power, but by my spirit. So I think as Christians, we should keep this humble position before the Lord and just trust Him to fill us, trust Him to help us. Your weakness is no problem for God. Your weakness is God's opportunity. You just got to obey what the Holy Spirit's telling you to do. Feels like I ought to do an altar call, but it's going to be next week for that. Feels like I should, but, but, but praise the Lord. I love what Andrew Murray said, our humility before men proves our humility before the Father. If you can't be humble with people, you are not humble with God. You can't be, it's evidenced. You can't bless, you know, God and curse men. It's impossible. It's a different spirit. can't be in rebellion against your earthly leaders and then say, I'm submitted to God. That's impossible. What you are manifest. And I'm telling you, humility is the way to go because the one person that you need behind you is God. And God is a vindicator. If you stick with God, He'll raise you from the dead. He'll, he will vindicate you. And I don't know how long it's going to take Him, I don't know what it's going to take, and he'll comfort you. Now, this message isn't toward anybody here. Didn't know who would be here this morning. The Lord changed my message this morning, and this is what he wanted me to share. And in essence, it's the necessity to be humble before God. The necessity of humility. Now, I have another thing. And Talon, Kelsey, can you come up? We have a few minutes. Bear with me. If, if you have to leave at a certain point, it's okay, but... When we were, Jeff gave that scripture, and I thought it was right in, in tune. The Lord was showing me there's some folks in, in here this morning that are in a tremendous battle right now. And I believe He has seen your tears, and He's seen your struggles, and He wants to pour out on you. He wants to bring you strength and comfort for the trials and the things that you're facing right now in your life. You're going through something. Could be at work, could be in family could be in any different direction, could be personally, a personal attack. If it's you, don't hesitate, don't stay in your seat, come forward. The Lord wants to pour out grace on you right now. He wants to give you strength to go through this trial that you're going through. So won't we all stand together? And I asked them to sing this song or play, play this song, and the Holy Spirit's going to minister to you and give you the strength that you need to go through this season. Which, what song are we doing, guys? Okay, this is how I fight my battles. If that's you, just come forward. Pam, would you?